If you're looking for the most amazing podcast ever, well, this isn't it. You're listening to The Average Fellas Podcast, guaranteed to let you down and leave you unsatisfied. Hey, good morning. Welcome to another episode of The Average Fells Podcast. I'm your host, Zodi Zach, coming to you live all the way from Riverside, California. Another beautiful Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. <clears throat> hey, if you haven't already, drop by our website, www.averagefellows.com. Got a lot of cool things going on there. If you're looking for a podcast intro, I'm your guy. I can produce a 100% custom studio quality podcast intro just for you. So check out my website, www.averagefellas.com. I've done podcast intros for The Conspiracy Burrito, the official Conspiracy Burrito. I've done podcast intros for The Pictures Got Small. I've done podcast intros for, um, let me think, uh, Expiration Date. I've done podcast intros for all those, I've, and I've done my own as well. So if you're looking for one of those and you want one that's catchy, I, I, I produce podcast intros, and they also come with a matching outro. So you get the bookends. You get the, the, the first 65 seconds, um, the intro for you. Now, it doesn't have to be 65 seconds, but I put that much. I give you that big of a clip just so that way you can fade in and out if you need to, and you can do extra editing. But there's about a 45-second a clip that includes sound effects, voiceover, and uh, and cut custom uh, music. I can include up to three instruments if you'd like. Um, just let me know. Shoot me an email at averagefellas@gmail.com. Anyways, uh, also another thing too, if you are curious about the website, uh, I built that myself. I put that together myself using Google Sites, a free and powerful tool. As long as you have a email, uh, Google email address, you can you can build one of those sites yourself. But if you need help putting one together, um, you can always you can always email me as well at averagefellas@gmail.com, and I can uh, I can always uh, provide some coaching and and even help you uh, put a put a website together. Obviously, for a you know. It's freelance work, so you know, shoot me an email and we'll we'll, we'll strike a deal. Anyways, uh, today's episode's kind of cool. Uh, I <laughs> I'm really excited for this because I have an interview today. I have an interview today. So um, this entire year, if you haven't known, I started this podcast without a job. I was laid off uh, from a job that I really enjoyed, that I really loved doing. Uh, I'm a guitar player, and I worked for a a, a guitar manufacturing company, and uh, it, it was just it was a dream job. You know, it was something that I really love doing. I'm passionate about music. Um, that's why I can produce podcast intros because all my experience growing up has led to this creative venture of podcasting. Really, everything that I'm into, uh, design, you know, music, uh, everything, the internet. I love the internet. <laughs> um, so um, the Average Fells podcast is a bit of my little world, a little bit of me. It's a taste of uh, my mind what Zodi Zach, the producer, uh, wants to put out in the world. And I love coffee. And so the coffee subscription I'm working on, I, I, once again, I'm waiting for my license to come in right now. I'm just literally, it's a waiting game. Uh, just literally just waiting for that. Um, but everything's ready to go. Everything's on standby, ready for launch. I already got the deal ready, you know, taken care of. I know my price points. I know exactly what's going to happen. The buttons on the website, um, those are going to be updated 
to what's going to happen. I have a photographer on standby ready to do some um, to do some promotional pictures for me, so that way we can get get this product up and running soon. Hopefully, um, I imagine probably not by Christmas, but uh, because I have to also open up my business banking account as well with this the way I've uh, set up my entire um, website. Is that way there's the paywall on the website, and once you go through there and you pay and you order your subscription or you purchase coffee through the website, all I get is a invoice on my end of it to fulfill the order and I just send it out to you. Um, so I sort of have this automated system going and I, I have it set up, which I'm not done yet, but I'm, I'm having it set up. So that way everything gets directly funneled into a business banking account where everything will get auto paid out of. Um, so that way, all I have to do is just put, you know, send the beans out, you know, um, get people to, to taste and try my coffee, which is, um, I think will be fun. Anyway, anyways, enough about me, enough about me. This whole entire episode's gonna be about me because it's a solo podcast. It's just gonna be me talking to you guys. And I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to start this episode off, um, reading a poem. This is actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share some, some, um, some pieces or some parts to a book that I've read called what color is your parachute? Um, like I said, I was, I, I got laid off in the beginning of the pandemic and, um, I've gone on three job interviews since then. Um, and I thought that this would be an opportunity for me to sort of, uh, try to step out into a different, um, industry really, uh, my entire life I've worked in service industry jobs. Uh, I've always sort of set the bar low as far as a, um, a career path really, um, just because I'm a creative person already. Uh, I think there's, it's kind of hard to find, uh, I'm never going to fit in a position, um, unless it's fully mine, if that makes any sense to you. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup person, if you are a creative type, you know that you need some control of it in order to feel um, to feel whole, to feel like you're doing something. And that, that's sort of me. You know, when I was working for uh, Valley Christian Center, which is a church in Los Banos, California, um, I got to pour a lot of my heart and soul into that organization, into building it, really, getting getting a, 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 a sustainable amount of people to attend attend that church, um, I had a role in playing. Um, and I mean, what did that look like? That really means that you had to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. There are things that, you know, I had to make sure that our public bathrooms were presentable to the public. So the face of the building has to be clean. The inside of the building has to be clean because you have a public perception that you need to maintain um, as, as a public you know, facility or as a church, really. Um, so that, I mean, literally it goes from cleaning all the way to your Instagram post, really everything in between. It went from being the music director, preparing all the songs, learning all the music, right? Leading the congregation and communal worship. That's what you if you've, if you've ever participated in church, if you've ever volunteered or worked for a church, you know how it goes. Um, I mean, you wear many hats. And so I really think that this uh, job that I've stumbled upon is going to be a good fit for me. Yeah. So like I said, I think, I think it'll be a good fit, fit for me. So like I said, I wanted to start off this, <laughs> this episode here, we are six minutes deep and I'm not even having started it. I wanted to read a, a few, a uh, few parts of this book called what color is your parachute? Um, 
And I think that these are uh, these are going to be interesting points to make because I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the world that maybe feel like me. Uh, during this pandemic, you had to sort of shift. You had to pivot yourself um, and, and look in different directions, explore new areas. Um, the thing for me is that I didn't want to go back to the same industry. I didn't want to go back to the – I mean, ultimately, you are going to be in the service industry no matter what business you work in. Okay. Um, but what I'm, what I'm, what I mean by that is I didn't want to go back to doing, uh, I, I worked at a hotel for a while. I was a night auditor hotel for a while. I, I even worked at a, uh, I worked as a, a, as a grocery clerk before, um, gas station attendant. Like I've done many jobs, movie theater, projectionist, Starbucks, coffee, construction, retail, warehousing, like everything. Um, a little bit of everything. I have a very, a very, uh, I guess, wide variety of experiences. Uh, and, and, you know, to some employers that might look good to some others, it might, you know, if you can't spend longer than two or three years at a job, then that might say something to an employer, right? Uh, in my case, I always felt that I was just too much of a, of a wild hair, if that makes sense to you. Um, what I mean by that is that I would do a job over and over again, and then I would just all of a sudden get a strike of just like, I've, I'm done. I got to move on to the next one, right? Um, or if I don't see any opportunity for advancement, then I'd move on to the next one. Um, because, you know, some places it's very, some jobs that you get into can be very political. Um, and there could always be a, someone in front of you. And if they're in front of you, they're always going to be in front of you. And so it's up to you to sort of make those decisions. Is it worth me staying here for several years waiting for this person to either fail or succeed in order for me to get a chance to fail or succeed? And I, I don't I don't really believe in that sort of um, I don't like to be in that environment. I don't like putting myself in the, that environment. So, you know, obviously changing jobs, changing careers would be uh, would be one of the options has been mostly the option that I've taken, you know, and um, I've never really been successful at um I want to say, uh, I've never really been successful at uh, getting jobs outside of the service industry. Okay, and I think that's because it requires you to have, uh, it requires you to have a special skill. It requires you to have special knowledge. It requires you to have either uh, maybe degrees, certifications, um, and and so or or some you know amazing proven experience, right? So that's sort of been my thoughts on like why it's been hard for me to bridge out. And when I was able to move over from service industry into manufacturing, a lot of things changed. I'm drinking my coffee out of my new my new cup anyways <laughs> shout out to javier my boy uh he hooked it up on my birthday it's my birthday on november 30th if you didn't know happy birthday to me thank you for all of you guys wishing me happy birthday wishes <laughs> um but um anyways my <laughs> he got me this cup and it says anyways right across it and it says afp on the back for average fells podcast so shout out to you javier thank you so much for blessing me with this coffee cup man i'm really enjoying it and honestly this is my morning ritual enjoy a cup of coffee listen to some podcasts walk the dog you know um so anyways back to my story about about jobs um so anyways yeah so like so i'm i have an i have an interview today and the position is for social media director's assistant okay that's the job title social media director's assistant and uh i'm excited for it i think that after going through this book what color is your parachute this is a job that i believe would definitely fit 
within the uh, system or the um, the the sort of the process that the book takes you through. It takes you through um, a number of chapters that help you identify your key strengths, your passions, what what direction you would find happiness in if you were to follow it. You know, a lot of times this is a thing about jobs is we like to itch, we like to chase the dollar amount and not necessarily the sanity side of things, right? So for me now, it's about looking at where I can be sane and I can have longevity in a position because I enjoy it more than finding the position that, you know, was going to make me X amount of dollars. Um, Because I think for me, in order for me to have a sustainable, successful career track, I need to find something that I love and that I'm passionate about. Because that's just the kind of person that I am. That's why I did this podcast. That's why I'm starting my own my own my own coffee subscription because it's it's mine, you know. And I want to be proud of my piece of the pie in this world, right? Um, so, um, this job, social media um, assistant director, or whatever you want to call, it. I think it's. It's director's assistant, right? Maybe not assistant director, but director's assistant. <laughs> I'm assistant to the regional manager. Um, anyways, so I built my I built a new resume, and my resume I titled it Zachary Hernandez Pro Resume or Pro Res uh, for short. And the reason why I wanted to call it that because really what it is, it's my professional. There's skills that I can do that most people can't do, right? There's softwares that I understand. I, I mean, I, I I've used Photoshop. I've used Lightroom. I've used, um, I've used every sort of, um, like I, um, like, like iMovie, GarageBand, Audacity, like just, I mean, most creative platforms that you can get on those kind of softwares, uh, minus some of the pro versions of it. Um, I know I've worked with, um, like Premiere, um, that's another another software I've worked with. Uh, and then like Auditions, another software I've worked with. So I'm familiar with a lot of these different, these little creative softwares that you can use and other tools that you can use. Um, like Canva is a free resource that I talk about all the time. Um, so if you don't have the computer or the money to afford a nice computer that can run a, a, a legit software suite like Adobe, um, if you're going to invest in Adobe, then you need to have a good computer to really use that software, you know, and most people don't know that most people will jump into it, buy a cheap computer and they want Adobe because they want to be, you know, a graphic designer and they don't buy it. They rent it. It's a subscri- subscription base now. Um, and you know, they, they start fiddling around with it. And the thing is, is that you're not going to be able to unlock the potential from Adobe's software suite if you don't have that that the hardware to actually produce the the quality content you know that that you want so i i learned this from being having my own photography business for years you know i shot photography for three years and i would say i was semi-professional at it you know i i ran a business i ran a part-time business and it was literally generating 900 to you know a thousand dollars a month shooting photos for people for three years you know so i even had my own website where people could pay for packages through it you know (laughs) i mean it was it was going you know it was going for a while um so there's just a lot of little there's a lot of little things that you sort of pick up if you are in the if you are interested in this sort of um you know this creative I guess, genre of, of just digital images, just digital content, really, um, you know, if you're a creative type and you don't, you know, you, you're interested in these things, you start to develop the skills 
you know, more than the average person, right? You start to unfold, you start to uncover different little resources that you can use to start to build, uh, build out like literally a different digital content. And uh, so for me, that's kind of been like my wheelhouse. And I think working for like nonprofits has really, uh, it's been part of my advantage because I did a lot of the digital content for them, a lot of the videos that I need to make, a lot of the posts that they had to do. Um, you know, I was pretty much in charge of that. So, you know, like I think that, like I said, my experience, it goes, it's all over the place. I mean, it's, I've had so many jobs, I had so many roles, um, but really my passion is creative things, creative, uh, creative ideas, music, images, videos, sound, you know, just anything, even food, culinary stuff, like anything, any way that you can express yourself, uh, in a creative way. Um, that's sort of been my, my motif. I've always sort of leaned into that. And I've always had a bit of, of a natural ability to be more creative or to start manipulating things in a creative manner, because I've just, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm just into that. Um, and those creative people out there, you hear me and you resonate with that. You hear it and you're like, yes, that's me. I do that. <laughs> um, anyways, I haven't even got to this book yet. I'm just talking. So like I said, I got the pro res- the pro, um, the pro resume. And the pro- like I said, the pro resume lists the programs, the softwares that I'm uh, adept with and that um, it displays my passion my leadership skills. You know, I think somebody, somebody like myself, I am a team player. I love to work with people. That's why I like to co-host on my show. You know, this is the, this is the second solo episode I've done since I started the podcast in July. And, um, and it's just been a little, little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, I guess a solo adventure, but uh, as far as hosting this show, I really enjoy interviewing people and I really enjoy co-hosting with my brother, Luke, man, that has been the Thursday night episodes have been bangers Monday mornings. Trust me. I love what's going on on Monday morning, small business, you know, promotion and like focusing on job and, uh, I guess more like practical things, um, which has been great. You know, if you're a nonprofit and you need free promotion, holler at me, shoot me an email at averagefellowsgmail.com. I would love to interview you. So, like I said, I like to work with people. You know, that's why I was a, that's why I was a youth pastor for five years. That's why I volunteered for youth organizations. Um, you know, growing up, my mom always instilled uh, in my siblings and myself that you know we had to give back to our community. And you know, since at a very young age, we started volunteering, volunteering for a church, volunteering for LULAC, which is the League of United Latin Americans. Um, you know, doing what we could to give back to our community. And so, I think you know, for me, um, once I started developing, you know, I guess some skills and talent in the area of, um, I guess, digital content. Um, you know, it goes a long ways when you can help somebody out, when you can craft, uh, you know, a video for them, uh, an instructional video that they may need. My mom, she had an opportunity to share a story of this woman who was paralyzed from the neck down. Okay. She lost all mobility from her neck down. And the best way to communicate this woman's story was to allow her to talk. Right. And so, what I did is I took a, I had a Nikon D32, 
It's a, uh, just a camera. And I had a Canon power shot and I set up two angles and I recorded this video and I used a zoom H one to record the audio. Um, and I was able to capture this woman's story. You know, it was, uh, probably, I want to say close to three hours long. Um, it took a long time to, to do this video. I was using a MacBook pro to, to produce it. And man, it would, I heard the fans running on that computer so hard to, to render that video. Um, but I was able to capture it and it turned out to be decent. You know, there was good audio quality. There was two, two angles. So it wasn't just one straight on, you know, picture. Um, and there was some, you know, you could tell that it was intentional and to be able to give that to the woman who is paralyzed from the neck down, who, you know, wants to share her story, but could barely talk, you know, she could barely talk. She, it, it was laborious for her to breathe, you know? And so by me being able to use my skills and the, uh, creative, you know, know-how that I have, I was able to capture her story so she could share it with people, you know, and she shares it on her Facebook and she'll share it on, you know, my, my mom actually has a DVD copy of it, you know, and, um, it's just a really, it's really incredible story that this woman wanted to share. She, you know, was in a car accident with her child and she, you know, raising a child paralyzed from the neck down crazy story. Anyways, enough. That's just all drama. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge dramatic episode, but honestly, um, so, you know, you, you start to, you start to see there's a need for these creative skills. There's a need for somebody to be able to take a good quality picture. There's a good, there's a, like, I don't know if you check out my Instagram, but some of my Instagram images, um, not on, not on, not on the, the average fellas podcast. That's a little bit more promotional style. It's a little bit more like down home style, um, stuff. Um, but on my own personal Instagram, some of the images that I have on there, some of them are high quality, you know, images only just because the, the way that the picture's taken, you know, and I like, I, I want to bring attention to something, you know, and so like I take a picture a particular way. Um, I have done some product shots before in the past for people. Um, I've done, I've done product shots for websites before. Um, so just a lot of these little skills that you pick up being a creative person who wants to do something for yourself. I've always wanted to make music videos for bands because I was in a band and I wanted a music video. So I learned how to use a camera. You know, I learned how to collect good sound, um, or at least try to collect good sound, capture good sound, uh, working with different people, you know, just experimenting, getting my hands on the tools to learn how to use them. Right. So Anyways, my resume is the ProRes. So, you know, hopefully, you know, when I, I think this job came up because of that resume, because I designed that resume to communicate to the person looking to, you know, to employ somebody. Uh, and I think, you know, I got this interview, so it's done its job. So anyways, I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to share this poem with you. It's by Charles Dickinson. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in the, it's in this book. This the book I'm telling you about. It's called what colors your parachute by Richard N. Boyles. And, uh, he, he quotes Charles Dickens in the beginning of this book. And it says, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. <laughs> it was a season of light. It was a season of darkness. It was a spring of hope. It was a winter of despair. We had everything before us and we had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. 
Charles Dickens. Um, and I thought that poem was very fitting for this time, especially during the season that we're in right now. We're having a spike of this coronavirus. What put me out of work last beginning of last year is like really keeping a lot of people out of work, especially in the manufacturing side of, of, of things. Um, if you're not essential, if your job's not, if you're not manufacturing something of a higher caliber, you know, um, that's needed like medicine or even the automotive industry or even, you know, building airplanes. Like these companies are so big that they need people to build things or else they will shut down. That's why they need you to keep building. Um, so some of those businesses, you know, they were they were able to stay open during the during this pandemic, but some other places didn't. Obviously, you know, look at outdoor dining is now shut down here in Riverside County. Um, you know, so at the same time, I, th- I really think that this book sort of helped open my eyes to different opportunities. Right. And it's not so much about I think the opportunities that you get. They're not so it's not so much about trying to uh, be better than somebody, but it's just about trying to find the open doors. OK, um, that's kind of what the way I've been looking at my job hunting sort of pursuit right now is I don't want to have to compete against the 300 other guys that are lining up at the, you know, at Amazon warehouses, because that's what's happening at Amazon warehouses. You're getting tons of people just getting to go for a job because they need people. The turnover rate is so high. Okay. Just be aware of this. Okay. If you know that there is a company that's always hiring like Amazon, Okay, they're always hiring for the warehouse. Just know that the job environment is so bad that the turnover rate for employment in that position is extremely high. Does that make sense to anybody? I hope that makes sense to you. So when you hear that there is jobs available at the post office, at FedEx, at the Amazon warehouse, at these giant you know, facilities that have warehouses, you're not going to get a job that is purposeful. You're going to get a job where you need to be moving things manually because there's no other physical way to do it and there's no cheaper way of doing it. So you're just one cog in the wheel. And if you cannot do that function, they will move on to the next one because it is in high demand just to have a position. And that does something to your mental, I think your mental self, like to me it would, you know, if I'm not cared about and I'm not I'm not perceived as somebody of importance, even at that small level of I'm just one cog in the wheel. I don't want to work for that company, you know, because that's I felt that way about a lot of places. A lot of places are like that They're, You know, the one thing if you're working at a McDonald's, you're working at Jack in the Box, you're working at a smaller you know, food establishment. I just want to say thank you so much for working that job. And I want to say that I see you as a consumer, as someone who goes to Taco Bell drive through <laughs> and I shouldn't shame on me. Um, <laughs> like I see that person, the person the the housekeepers at the hotel who are, you know, who are tucking the sheets into the bed. I see you. And I just want to say thank you for your service. Thank you for doing what you do, because this is, this is the thing about humanity is that we expect so many little nice things, right? We expect everything to be perfect and we expect people to do especially if you work at mcdonald's or you work at starbucks you know i worked at starbucks i was as i was a shift lead at starbucks for a while and 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 there's one thing that 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 just rubs me the wrong way is when somebody believes that they have the right 
to complain about their coffee here in the United States of America, and you paid $2.10 about it, right? I understand you you could be upset and that it may have like thrown off your morning routine. It might be wasting your time, but that $2.10, okay, that $2.15 is not worth somebody else's sanity or your own sanity. At that point, you're just wasting more money, breathing hot air, worried about the coffee now instead of moving on with your day and and moving on with life. Okay, so for the people out there who believe that they need to let their voices be known and complain about, you know, people in the service industry, you know, it's not this is a these companies as much as you want to believe that you know, Taco Bell, Starbucks, you know, these companies believe that their employees are special to them. I just want you to understand that that person at the top is not managing the person at the bottom. Okay. I've had people work directly over me that made my life a living hell, you know, that have robbed me of my own peace and my own sort of joy in my own self because I worked for such nutcase people, you know? And so, Uh, My advice to you out there is when you're looking for a job, you know, make sure that you can connect with your employers on a human level. Okay, be honest with them. I'm going into this interview today and telling them, look, I've never held this position before. These are my skills. These are the things that I've done before. And, um, you know, and, and honestly, I'm I'm transitioning from different industry into a, I'm trying to transition to a different industry. I'm going to be completely honest with them. This is a job that I absolutely need right now. You know, I absolutely need this job. Um, and I'm going to let them know, I'm going to let them know. And I want to communicate on a human level with them, uh, because the days of the, you know, the days, uh, of not being forward and open with what you need as a person are long gone. Okay. What coronavirus has demonstrated or what coronavirus has taught me is to demand what I need in order to be successful, you know, in that position. And a lot of times I would just go without a lot of times it's like, okay, here's the deal. Like you find a job, you got the job because it's comfortable and it's easy, you know? And what happens is you go to work every day and then you start hating your job. And I know you're thinking like, Zach, This is an adult thing. Every adult has to go to work. Every adult has to go get this job, right? And I understand that. That's true. But you ultimately are in control of your own destiny. You know, I purposefully live below my means as a human personally. That's I'm not saying that's to my wife. My wife loves, you know, she, she does what she does. But for me personally, you know, I... I will feel guilty if I buy shoes, not knowing that, you know, that I don't have that extra, you know, you know, I haven't generated enough money in the future, um, you know, to not, not just to pay for the shoes, but, you know, I'll feel guilty. I have buyer's remorse, you know, like I'll go without, you know, that's the type of person that I am. You know, I've kept my debt low just so that way I don't have to deal with the stress of managing debt because I've, I've literally had to learn that lesson the hard way. Right. Anyways, let me get back to this book. I don't know why I just keep talking to you guys. Yeah, man, my, my interview is at 10, 10 30. So pray for me, y'all pray for, pray for me. (laughs) So I'm going to read these, 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 this is the first chapter of this book. And I thought that these parts stood out to me and I want, I'm going to highlight them for you guys, the listeners. 
Okay, so uh, chapter one, this is the first point he makes. Employers changed, job hunters didn't. And it says, this is an exact quote from the book right here. And these are just highlight parts that I want to share with you. It says, employers don't, they don't stay the same. In good times, they hunt one way. And in bad times, they hunt another way. They adapt to the times. What this means is that when times are good, employers often have difficulties filling their vacancy. So they will typically cater to the job hunters. Okay. Does that make sense? So if you're finding difficulty filling their vacancies, they will, they will switch to job hunters. Okay. They'll, they'll switch their tactics to lure job hunters, right? Right now during coronavirus, we have the, the tables have turned. Okay. There are a lot of job seekers and there are not of, not a lot of employers. Okay. So there's the excess of, of people looking for work and there are not enough jobs to be filled. There are not enough positions available to fill those workers, right? Another point he makes here, he says, what we are not prepared for is when the economy turns tough for us. The employers are finding it easier to fill a vacancy because there are many more unemployed to choose from. This is what I was talking about, about Amazon. There are many more people unemployed to choose from. So the turnover rate at these companies is way higher. I'm 32 years old, okay? There is no way I'm gonna work harder than an 18 year old kid fresh out of high school, you know, who's been playing linebacker, you know, all four years, like that kid is solid muscle and he's all energy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to make any excuses, but at the end of the day, when you, when the positions that are available right now that are constantly available, they're high turnover rate, you know, the, he's probably going to last a lot longer than I am in that position. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty tough, you know, but I'm not, I'm not tough enough to beat my brains over a job like that over and over and over again for years at a time. Anyways. Um, another thing he says here, this is point number two says the length of the average job hunt has increased dramatically. And that's true. He says here from 14, from 1994 through 2008, roughly half of all unemployed job seekers found jobs within five weeks. Only 10% of them were spending more than a year looking for work. After 2008, a far greater proportion from 17 to 30% of all unemployed persons in the U.S. were spending more than a year looking for work. That's That's the more recent one. From 2008 to 2000, where does it say that? I'm sorry, can't remember. Yeah, after 2008, it jumped up to 17 to 30% of people were looking for work for longer than a year. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just think that right now for me, what the situation is demonstrating right now is that coronavirus is making it difficult to land a job because it's highly competitive. The market is overflooded with, with people looking for work. Um, and you know, even jobs that, you know, that I, I have my resume fits for like working at Starbucks, you know, like I went for an interview, literally went to the interview, had a great interview, followed up with that interview and nothing ever turned up of it. Um, so, you know, even if you have that competitive resume, you know, it's, it's getting hard to cut through the noise. If that makes any sense. Um, it's the same sort of philosophy behind the podcast right now. There are over a million podcasts being produced um, actively right now, and there's a lot of noise. And what that means, there's a lot of people who just podcast for hobbies, and there's a lot of people who want to, you know, break through and become 
you know, real podcast, you know, either producers or hosts, whatever it might be. Right. And so for me, how do you set yourself aside? How do you, you know, how do you move through, um, through that? How do you get noticed through the, through the white noise really? Um, and your resume your resume really does that. So if you can capture somebody's attention in your LinkedIn account, here's my strategy, guys. I'm gonna share some of these strategies with you guys. And just here, let me let me finish going through some of these points before I let me go to my last point before I move on to my strategies. Okay. It says um, this is the last point that I wanted to share with you guys. It says of greater importance, it is not that certain jobs are vanishing, while some jobs are flourishing, but all the jobs are being reimagined. The ability of each of us to survive this new world depends on our understanding of how the world, especially the world of work, is being reimagined. Things that are never things that never used to be connected are increasingly being imagined as connected. This reimagining of our world as hyperconnected is not going to be implemented someday down the road. It's being implemented now. Okay, so that was the last little piece I wanted to share that with you. And why is that important to me that this is being implemented now? Because the internet, the birth of the internet has changed a lot of things. The birth of the internet has made people competitive, right? Your odds of being shown to somebody, it's all about marketing. Okay. If you want to find that position, the dream position, and you're a nobody, okay, you have to present yourself as somebody that can meet the expectation of the employer. Okay. So my, I'm not, and I'm not telling you to lie on your resume, just so, just so we get that out there. I'm not telling you to lie on that, but it's all about how you phrase. It's all about how you shine on paper, right? I could have somebody that has, you could, I could look through your resume and I could see your core competencies. I could see your degrees and I could see your, your, your references, right? But there's somebody else who did the same exact thing, who gave me their core competencies, who gave me their degrees and gave me their same exact references, right? So those pay, those resumes all look the same. There's nothing different about somebody who was turning in the same exact information as the next person, right? I want you to focus on that, the exact information. Okay, so they're looking at a resume and traditionally, what does a resume tell you to list? First, you want to give them contact information about yourself, right? Real information, name, Zachary, something, 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 right? Um, and then they want to, you know, phone, email, and, you know, I think that's, you know, website if you have one. Maybe, you know, then you put that on, 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 on as like the top part of it. So I got a formal address almost, um, and then below that, you would go to your objective. You'd be like, what, what is the objective of this resume? Really, it's to find employment, to find, you know, employment where I can use my skills to blah, 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 whatever it is, you know, you know, typically that's what you're going to hear. Typically that's what you're going to find on a resume. And so for me, when I mean, when I label, when I call my resume, Zachary Hernandez pro resume, when I start, when I started crafting this resume, I started trying to. Um, put down on paper what communicates to people um, 
uh, I guess, uh, that it, that sparks imagination when they read the words off the page, right? Because what they're going to get is, you know, typically they'll get a very clinical resume. Clinical was like the 90s and early 2000s. They want it to be clinical. But now in today's, today's society, people are so used to gray, black and white. Anytime you show them a resume with some color on it, and what I mean by color is like there's something that's interesting that grabs their attention. This is marketing for you, okay? Um, why does it, you know, something that they read grabs their attention, you know? And so for me, um, it might I might have that formal beginning with the information about myself, with my LinkedIn, with my website, whatever it is, you know, my name, my number, my email, and all that stuff. And then when I get down to the objective, it might be something completely different where it's like I am a team player who wholeheartedly believes that passion, you know, that a, a passion for for people is necessary. You know, it, it, it might sound more flavorful like that, right? Because there's life in it now, you know. And some employers, if you're that, t- this is a thing that I'm all about vibes because the person, the employ, the employer on the other side who looks at that and is like, oh, this person's silly, you know. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to be interviewed by that person because that person takes themselves way too serious. The person who's like, I want to look at every single, I mean, obviously certain jobs require that, you know, certain positions require you to be meticulous and to, you know, have the, you know, obviously have all the, all the pieces in order to obtain that position. And that's, you know, that's, that's true. But here's the deal though, is that there are more people, there are more people that are, it's competitive, you know, it's competitive. So you can have all the pieces, you could have all the requirements, but the same person, you know, the same resume right after yours has all the requirements met. You know, that's the difference. The difference is, can you speak through your resume, right? So it's kind of what I learned from this book by, by, you know, it's one of the things that they teach you in this book is that you need to, you know, build a resume that speaks, that, 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 connects with people. Um, and so that was kind of my goal with my resume. And I, you know, this is the first interview that I've got off the re the new crafted resume. Um, and so I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what the future has. Uh, once again, this is for a social media, um, director's assistant or assistant director. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly. Um, but it's, uh, I, I got the job through indeed. So I'm on all of the job searching platforms. Okay. That's another thing too. If you are searching for a job right now and you are only on one job searching platform, you are doing it wrong. Okay. You need to be on all of them. You need to be on like three or four. Okay. And then I built my own website and I drive traffic to my own website to demonstrate the skills that I have, you know? So if people are like, what is it that you do? I'm like, go to my website. You could see everything that I do there, you know? Uh, different things like that, you know, just those are different strategies that I've been working on, you know? Um, and it's all, I think it's all from a marketing perspective, uh, really is what I'm trying to approach my resume and, uh, especially using the tips that this book, um, um, recommends it's been, uh, it's been exciting. So we'll find out, we'll find out if everything that, that I believe and say about myself is going to come true <laughs> at 10 30. Um, Anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you guys for listening to me ramble about uh, resumes and job job stuff. Um, you know, I really hope this helps somebody out there. If you're looking for a job, I just want to encourage you keep searching. You know, uh, I highly recommend that you get this book and sort of tune yourself to what um, to 
what is best for you sort of get, I guess, know yourself. Really, you need to know yourself because this is the environment that we're facing today in the job marketplace is extremely hostile. And if you can't do what they say without saying any words back to them, then you're gone. You're replaced. You know, that's the job environment that I don't want. But usually when you're starting in the job, when you're when you're building your this is a lot of things people will tell you well you just got a job that's not a career and you need to get a career but the thing is that everybody's fighting for the career positions right everybody's fighting the higher you go up in an organization the higher the higher in money that you want to make in wages that you want to make the space and the competitiveness of everybody around you starts to get a little bit tighter okay And when people tell you that getting a degree separates you from the other person, it's very true. It does separate you from the bottom level, right? There's, there's different, I want to say it's like a pyramid, right? And uh, certain skills, certain degrees, certain certifications, experience will project you forward in every career path. Every career path is a pyramid to the top. There's always an end to every career path. Okay. Cause then you're just an innovator once you get to the top. Okay. So, um, so like I was saying, every every career path is in, is in a pyramid structure. And if you're at the bottom, um, it doesn't matter what industry in, you can be at the bottom and at the top. If you're a business or a small business owner, you are at the bottom and the top. Okay. If you are a restaurant owner and you're the chef and you're also the, fin- the person who does the finances, you can be the bottom and the top. It just depends. Okay. And when you look at an organization to go get a job, a bigger organization, we'll say like Starbucks. The bottom to the top road now is way bigger, okay? So the smaller the company, the less organized the company is, the higher your chances are for you to be able to move to the top of the pyramid of that industry or that organization because now there's less there's less there's less time to travel. There's no more stages getting from the bottom to the top, right? There's less. Um, when you work for a larger company. So let me I'll, I'll break it down for you. Okay, so um, if I worked for a small movie theater company that only owned two theaters. They only owned two theaters and they had, I would say, maybe 50 employees probably running these two movie theaters. Obviously, they needed someone to do their marketing for them. They needed somebody to manage their establishments, which isn't the hard part, okay? Um, and they need somebody to do their finances for them, I'm sure. Maybe it's, maybe it's two or three, maybe it's family owned, who knows? But to manage two theaters doesn't require you to have an army of people you know um the chain to the top isn't very isn't very far you know um when you're working for starbucks on the other hand the chain to the top is now very far okay so if you start at the bottom as a barista at starbucks and then you become a shift lead then from a shift lead you become assistant manager system manager becomes store manager store manager become district manager district manager become regional manager regional manager then you you know you start reporting to like you know you've already started reporting to corporate people once you got to regional manager, but you, you know, see the, the, the way to get to the top now is become, it's become harder because now there's more people that either have to fail or be successful for you to move up the chain. Does that make sense? So, um, this is why like looking at where you're submitting your resume, looking at your chances when you submit your resume to that company, you know, when I go to Am, when you, it's, this goes back to the whole entire Amazon kind of warehouse job um, that you, I get a lot. I get this a lot. I was like, well, you can always go to Amazon. I'm like, I know, 
I understand that. But if you understand anything about Amazon, you're going to hell. You're not going to enjoy your, you're not going to, you're not going to a job of purpose. You're going to hell. You know, that's literally what it's going to be. It's just going to be you moving a box every, you know. Um, and I'm sure there's people that have different experiences that work for Amazon that probably love it. Kudos to you. I'm glad that you are that person. But for the majority of the rest of the people in the country, working at Amazon is not their dream. All right. Working in a fulfillment center is not their dream job. And I think for humans, that's something that you need to be aware about. Some people will just say, well, you just have to do it to do it. And I get that. I understand that. But that attitude isn't going to help anybody in today's society where people are committing suicide at higher rates than ever before, where companies would rather make a dollar than care about their employees. I mean, and we're seeing that today. And a lot of people who, you know, people who have uh, higher People who have degrees, people that have gone through higher learning institutions that have, you know, special knowledges, you know, they they might be the first people to say, well, then you need to get it. You need to set yourself up. You need to, you know, go back to school. And I'm sure that that is very true. Um, but I also believe that school's going to change, too, in the future. I think in the next 20 years, most of the most campuses won't will be dissolved. I think most of the universities will probably be be dissolved and it'll be all web-based um give after coronavirus it's we're seeing that that schools can do it and that because it's cheaper and it's more effective and they can make more dollars that way they're gonna start doing it so you heard it here on the podcast colleges universities are gonna start offering more web-based um i guess products uh, education and um and you're going to see more physical campuses closed down. And that's as that's a result of coronavirus showing everybody in academia that you did not need to show up to this school. Okay. You know, whatever, if you, if you, you know, I get it. If you want to go to school, that's great. Please do it. My wife is, she's currently pursuing her, her doctor's degree right now. And she's doing an amazing job at it. And I tip my hat off to her. The work that she does is amazing. So I believe there is a time, there is people that, you know, people are needed that the person who, uh, the, I don't want to look at it as a piece of paper and say, you need to go get this. I want to look at it for what the person has achieved by doing it. Right. When I think about my wife achieving these higher, um, levels of education, it's all rooted in purpose for her. It's not because she wants to tell you, Hey, I got this paper and rub it in your face. It's because there's a purpose behind it and it's driven her to the top. Right. So she's she's found that and she's followed it. And that's sort of kind of like what I'm I guess that's sort of the boat that I'm into is I'm looking for I, I, I'm I've looked at the things that I love, the stuff that I'm passionate about. I created a resume and now I'm sort of I, I'm I've been shopping it out to people um, and hopefully people somebody will respond to it. Right. Uh, there's this thing like in marketing that uh, a principle that every person selling or everybody marketing should live by. Okay. And that's showing, you know, there's a phrase that good public, any publicity is good publicity. Even bad publicity is good publicity. If that makes any sense to you, it's that's along the same lines of what I'm talking about for this marketing thing. Right. So just being shown to more people increases your odds. People say that you, miss all the shots you've never taken, right? But that shot never existed because it was never taken in the first place. So that, that phrase doesn't even make sense in a philosophical, you know, level. But 
the thought behind that is, yes, you craft the resume, but you only submit it to one website. You only submit it to Indeed. You don't put, you don't build your LinkedIn. You know, you need to build your LinkedIn, build your LinkedIn. You know, um, you need to start increasing your odds. My friend, uh, Tony, who was on the podcast, he made a point. He said that when he applied to Tesla, he didn't just give one resume out to one representative. He gave 10 represent 10 resumes out to 10 different representatives. Okay. That's what he did. He increased his odds by dividing the you know, number of resumes that he put out there. Okay. So it's all works in the same way. When I apply for jobs, I'm looking for jobs in a specific industry on three different platforms and I'm submitting multiple resumes away. You know, some weeks it might be 20, some weeks it might be five, you know, and I'm telling you, this is kind of a, it's a, it's a strategy. If you want to increase the number of interviews that you get, you need to multiply your efforts and how many times you present your resume to people, right? It's literally that simple. And it's the same thing like when it comes to my podcast, when people want, they, they're asking questions like, how come I'm only getting X amount of downloads? And I ask them, how many podcast directories are you on? And they're like, I'm only on Spotify. <laughs> and then I would say, did you know that Apple Podcasts drives the most traffic organically as a podcast platform. So if you have a podcast, right, and you're only on Google Podcasts, which does, you know, it does all right. It's not like Spotify. Spotify is slowly growing a bigger audience because of what Joe Rogan's doing with that company. So if you own a pod, if you are running a podcast, producing it, and you are not on Apple Podcasts, you are missing out on upwards of 60% of your download number. Okay. I'm literally telling you that 60% of your traffic organically can come from Apple podcasts because the platform is that powerful. Okay. What do I mean by that? Spotify is an app that you have to download on your phone. You have to purposefully go into your phone and download Spotify. That's a step that requires a human to actually do that. Okay. If you are on Apple podcast, every Apple iPhone owner automatically has this app already installed on their phone. So all they are is one search away from finding you, okay? They're not an install away, a download, and then a search. They are just a search away. So that goes back to that. I mean, that this literally is some of the things that these are some of the strategies I've been using for my resume. So treat your resume as something that needs to be marketed, you know, you are a product that needs to be marketed. You have skills. You are a tool that needs to be marketed. Um, and you can, so I guess it's, it's this simple. I've been doing a lot of Google ads too lately. I've run on Google ads for my podcast intros and outros and stuff. And I've got some, I got some people that have responded to me. And so what you want to do is you want to set before them a problem. Hey, you have a podcast, but your intro sucks. There's the problem, right? Then I give them a solution where I say, this podcast intro is amazing. Cool sound effects, right? Here's the reveal, the third part, A plus B equals C, the C part of the equation, okay? So here's what you have. Here's what I can do. And then here's the C part, $65 that you give to me and you can have this, okay? You're presenting that simple transaction in the ad, okay? So Google gives you, it'll, when you craft a Google ad, it'll give you several places to put information in to craft this ad. And a lot of people do is they put, do you need a podcast? 
Do you need a podcast? Do you need a podcast? And those three things do not equal a solid equation. A plus B does not equal C. If I said, do you need a podcast? Plus, do you need a podcast equals, do you need a podcast in the Google, you know, in the, in the Google ads, um, platform, uh, it's not going to communicate anything to anybody. It's just going to say, do you need a (laughs) podcast intro? Right. Um, so what you want to do is you want to communicate communicate clearly. You want to communicate the problem. You want to communicate the solution. And you want to communicate the bridge to reach the solution to somebody, right? And that's sort of how I craft my ads. And I think if you're not aware of that simple ad theory, that simple uh, a way to craft an ad, that literally is a, a way to craft an ad. If you do not understand that, then you're going to miss out on a lot of potential traffic, right? Um, so it's literally some of the things that you do with your resume can be that simple, right? Some of the some of the things that some of the ways that you craft your resume can either capture the attention or can turns the attention away from you, right? Um, if I get a resume that just says that I spent 18 years at so and so place and I have this person from this nonprofit board who did this and these are all these numbers and these are all these techniques and these are all these things. The person interviewing you um probably is like I said, it's probably gonna see that quite a bit. So if you can communicate, if you can communicate your skills effectively, creatively, I think you really have a win there. So if you have all the requirements, if you have the degree, if you have the experience, right? Those are all great and necessary for the position that you want. If you take it the step further and be able to breathe some sort of creative life into your resume so that way it's done in a way that would communicate and and spark, um, I guess I want to say inspire the reader, the person that's reading your resume, that's, that's the golden ticket. That's the golden ticket, really. Okay. Oh, man. Well, once again, I hope this, uh, I hope this helped anybody. I hope this really did help somebody. Uh, like once again, I've been spending, it's been about six, six months, seven months of me, um, grinding it out, trying to get interviews, you know, trying different, different strategies to get interviews. Once again, I mean, you guys have heard the small businesses that we've had on the podcast. You've heard, um, you know, you've heard, you've heard the episodes and, and I have brought it up, you know, that I've, been out here (laughs) grinding away at it but anyways i just want to share that with you guys i thought this would be fun to just try something a little different get it off my chest and just share it with you guys wish me luck uh and yeah check out our website (laughs) www.averagefellows.com and shoot me an email averagefellows gmail.com once again guys peace and love hey thanks for listening